Hello and welcome to the Killian Brady Performance Podcast where we discuss everything you need to take your performance to the next level. On this week's episode I'm delighted to be joined by Amy O'Donoghue, Irish middle distance runner. Amy talks about how she got into athletics, about dealing with injury and her time spent on a scholarship in America. We discuss a lot about the impact improving mindset had on Amy's performance and everything around mindset. So, Amy, thanks a million for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate you giving up your time. Thank you very much for having me. No problem at all. So, why don't you just start off by telling the listeners a small bit about your background and a little bit about your career today? Yeah, so I am an Irish middle distance runner. And um, before I started running, I would have been a competitive Irish dancer. So when I was in primary school, I'm from Limerick and I would have driven to Cork. Well, my mom would have driven me to Cork three times a week for Irish dancing. And I would have competed in the Worlds and Great Britons and North Americans. So they would be like the major championships in Irish dancing. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we were, God, I'd say nine and ten we used to have workshops which were like five hours long and they were intense and yeah anyone who doesn't know anything about Irish dancing you would be so shocked it is such a athletic um sport it is a sport I would definitely Mm -hmm. consider it a sport but so I competing at a high level and training at a high level was something that I was used to doing as a child so then I went, I started secondary school and one day we were going to the North Monsters, just a, an, a local kind of athletics race. And the majority of the majority of us were just there to get the day off school. Yeah, the usual. Uh, yeah, the usual. And uh, so this was in the first year. And my PE teacher, he told me that I was going to run in the 800 metres. And sure, I hadn't, I hadn't a clue. Like, I was like, yeah, God, sure, <laughs> yeah that's fine um so off I went to the start line and I was up like some of the girls on the start line were in the spikes and you know they ran for clubs and yeah. I was there like basketball shorts like do you ever like the TNs like the night yeah, yeah 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 <laughs> um and I thought I was the beanie <laughs> you were just there for the style not the running yeah. um and I won and I was like oh and I really enjoyed it. So like two laps. I remember I remember being like, how many laps is 800 meters? And um, I won and I was like, oh, I actually really enjoyed that. I said the um, girls with the spikes were looking at you going, where? I mean, who, who is she? <laughs> yeah. So um, and then funnily enough, my cousin, his name is Frank O'Mara. He won the World Indoor Championships twice and he went to the Olympics three times. So. Okay. Yeah, he, so I guess it is in my genes, athletics. It was there. Yeah, it was there. Um, He's from Limerick, but he lives in Arkansas at the moment. And his sister, who's also my cousin Anne, she coached in, uh, still coaches in Emerald Athletics Club, which is a club in Limerick. So after the North Monsters, that was in about May, um, I joined and she started coaching me. Mm -hmm. And a month later... I went, I went to the All-Ireland, so I qualified for the All-Irelands and I remember my mom, I, I, ran, I ran, so I was under 14, um, 800 metres and I won and I was like, oh my God, and my mom thought it was a heat, like that's how clueless we were. She was like, oh, you, you won the heat. I was like, 
no, that was the final. And I think, so it was that. And then the following week, I won the 1500 meters. Um, so I kind of knew by then I had a knack for for running and I really Pretty sure it. were you still wearing your basket shorts at this no, <laughs> no. I, I had upgraded a, yeah upgraded <laughs> to running shorts and spikes <laughs> but um I definitely think that Irish dancing helped me because um I was used to, to hard training mm-hmm. and I guess I had mental strength so and it's funny I'm not the only Irish dancer that that's gone to athletics there's a few that have run for Ireland that have come from Irish dancing. Um, so, yeah, that's how I started out, basically. That's not what um, I was expecting. Yeah, it was, I mean, I wouldn't say it was an accident, but it definitely was kind of an accident. <laughs> um, so, yeah, then I was, I was very lucky through secondary school. I, I had a really, really good career. I one i did the 800 meter and 1500 meter double at junior intermediate and senior level in schools so and i would have run for ireland a good few times for cross country indoors and outdoors and i um i had made so many friends and we got to travel so many places and it was so 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 enjoyable going to all the competitions and my club emerald we also had a relay um, that we used to have like great battles with a club called Ferrybank in mm-hmm. Waterford and another club called Dunneen in Limerick. So um, I was lucky that even though I was middle distance, I still got to compete in the, the relay for the, of the sprint. Um, and I got to go when I was 16. I, I went to my first European cross-country championships as a junior. So that would have been my first year junior. So that was you kind of just said got... you're going to kind of do a bit of everything. Yeah, <laughs> that's just going so to do that... I kind of just stumbled upon this. Now I'm going to conquer everything. <laughs> but that was that was my first taste of like your real top European level, and I was yeah. like, whoa, like this this is huge. But I really enjoyed it, and so that was that was December 2010, and 2010 was a really good year for me. And then 2011 started off really well. I won the national cross-country championships uh, they had actually been postponed because of I can't remember was it? it was snow um, mm. so they were on in January and then uh, we had the European Youth Olympics in Turkey and 2011 was my first taste of injury and so I the summer of 2011 I had a stress reaction in my navicular and that ended up becoming a recurring problem so I spent the next year in and out of a boot um it was a disaster um and that was the first time that I had really kind of had a setback and I was doing my leave insert so I was busy Uh, I was lucky in that sense if it was ever going to happen it actually happened in a good year Mm -hmm. so then I had decided I was going to go to America on a scholarship so I went to you know I was talking about Frank O'Mara he went to he went to the University of Arkansas an amazing athletics school they're really one of the best in america and just the talent there is just incredible um so i was coming back from injury and i went over to arkansas then um little 18 year old me thought i could conquer the world <laughs> i thought i was off of that my big dream the american dream yeah and, um so I, I was supposed to go for four years uh, you know the, have you ever heard of the freshman 15 no 
so it's 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 very similar to to the the first three stone is that what they call it in Ireland <laughs> you go to college and you put on a bit of weight oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so uh, all of a sudden like you're, you're going to a, a canteen every day where you can have ice cream or pizza for breakfast lunch and yeah. dinner so um that was my first struggle I put now I didn't put on like an excessive amount of weight, but just for running. I wasn't yeah, yeah, yeah. You weren't rolling around campus. No. <laughs> so um, I had, I definitely, that was a struggle. And then one day in January, we went out running and I, I just said, I had like a little pain in my foot, the mm-hmm. same one that had been bothering me. Um, so I just said, I'd say it to them. And I got a scan that day. And the next day there was a boot waiting for me in the, the physio room. And they said, you have a stress reaction again in your navicular and you have a stress fracture in your one of your metatarsals. Um, so this now would have been January 2013. So I was like... I that was has really to be angry. a really kind of kick. It was a big kick and I was far away from home. Um, I was homesick at this stage because I knew that it, you know, it was going to be really tough. And I hadn't found my running form I hadn't even gotten back to to full fitness yeah and here I was again and this had been going on now since 2011 and I was like oh my god here we go again so um yeah I found I you know I some people get on brilliant in America and they go on and stay there and go straight to the Olympics mm-hmm. um and some people struggle because it's a complete culture shock um if you're injury prone it's not the best place to be um so I struggled and I decided that Ireland was better for me. Uh, you know, I was, if I had, I was injury prone at the time and I wanted to be with the physios who I was familiar with. And, and it comes down to a lot of trust too. And when you're in that kind of situation, you really have to yeah. trust the people around you too. You do. And also you, you're under, when you're on scholarship, you're under pressure to get yeah. back all the time. And I just, I wasn't, my body was breaking down. I was being rushed back into it and I just wasn't being treated how I would have liked to have yeah. been with an injury. And and that's just because it, it's, it's business over there. They, you know, they have titles to win. And especially when you're in such a, um, you know, a high standard school where they mm-hmm. are winning national titles, you know? So um, I decided to come home after a year in Arkansas and now it, I'm delighted I went because I would have wondered what if if I never went um yeah. you know I think the experience definitely stood to me just even to to see what it's like over there and the setup over there is just the most incredible thing you know it really is like the movies <laughs> over yeah. there and know, I think uh, the, the what ifs are, are, are the kind of stuff when all said and done that will really play on your mind more yeah. than going trying it out not for you figuring that out and then coming home I think for anybody that's thinking about doing something it's them mm-hmm. kind of niggly what ifs that really kind of get you, you know, when something has passed you by. Yeah, big time. Like even I would have people like younger people ask me about America mm-hmm. and, I, and I give them my, my honest experience. But I always say, go, yeah. go. If you don't like it, you can come home. If it doesn't work, you can come home. But definitely just go. If you want to go, go and experience it. I would tell everyone that. So luckily, luckily, my mom told me to defer my place in Mary I wanted to do teaching mm-hmm. so um and I was like no I won't need to do that but yeah. <laughs> I'll be in America for four years so uh luckily I did um and I came home and I started primary school teaching then um in Mary I but after I came home sorry so I came home in 
the summer of 2013, mm -hmm. uh, I had to get surgery on my foot in 2013. So um, that, was, uh, that was in the summer. And then I started college in, yeah, in Mary I, and, and I was trying to get back into shape. I mean, I would have won Irish university titles, um, uh, but nothing. I never kind of hit the shape I was in in secondary school. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I had like, I loved college. It was great. And I, I definitely think I had a good balance between um, my social life and my running. So I was lucky in that sense. Um, so then I think it was... 2017 I everything was going well and I had a really good season but I wasn't running new PBs and I was like why isn't this happening um but again I was just a bit impatient I think a lot of athletes would understand that we're very impatient and we, yeah. we just want everything to happen straight away and then I had I hadn't run a PB in four years and then 2018 I think was like a really significant year for me um I ran, I ran a six-second PB in the 1500, um, and I ran a one-second PB in the 800, and in the national seniors that year, I was second to Kira McGeehan, um, and then first, third, fourth, and fifth had all qualified for the European Championships that year, and I was second, and that was just kind of a big turning point yeah. for me, and my, yeah, it was, and my confidence really... Was there anything really, that leading up to 2018 the kind of or was it just a combination of things i think it was a combination of i was growing as a person you know i was i was more mature mm -hmm. i appreciated everything a lot more definitely um i think that was for me it was like a turning point that year was a turning point in my mindset which in turn allowed me to start performing better and it was it was like i made a choice you know, I said, okay, something has to change, change. And my mindset was what was um, knocking me because when you're younger and you're winning national titles and you, you know, not easily, but you go to a national championship expecting to win all the time. And then when you get injured, that all changes. <laughs> and like, it's really, it's, it's a struggle because, you know, you're not the same runner that you were. And that's hard to accept. It's really hard to accept. And then you start going to races and you start doubting yourself. And you're like, well, I miss, you know, I miss time and I'm not in the shape I used to be in. Um, and you I kind of got... Expecting the same. For example, when you go, you kind of expect the same results. Even exactly. though you yeah. can't go in the same, which, which mentally is very hard because you know you can do it. But you're yeah. just, you know, you're not doing it. That can be very mentally tough. Yeah, it is. And I remember, I say it was about 2000, 2016, I started reading um, a lot of sports psychology books. Uh, I was just really interested in it. Mm -hmm. And like, okay, how, how can I improve my mindset? Because I felt I wasn't doing myself justice in racing. My training was going really well. And then it would come to a race and I would finish the race and be like, I could have done more there. Why did I not you know, why didn't I push myself harder? Yeah. Um, and then I think even though I started reading all the books in 2016, you know, I'd read the book and I'd say, okay, I need to do this, 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 this. And then I wouldn't do it. I would <laughs> just think about it. Yeah. And, then, and, then it and then I wouldn't do it. And it was in 2018, I think it finally clicked with me. Okay, I need to do this, 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 this. I need to do it every single day yeah. uh, and make an, a conscious effort to do this. And that's how I'll start seeing the improvements. And that, that is exactly how I started seeing the improvements. 
just on that point, I think it's very important for anybody to listen to is, and we've all done it. We've all read all the books and another book. And then we, and and it's like, oh, this is great stuff. And then kind of look back and go, I'm sure maybe I should start doing it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And that's it. You have to think, okay, I I know all this information now. Now I actually have to apply it to my life. Overload. So someone asked me, uh, do, do I, do I read much? And, and my answer was not as much as I used to because I was doing the very same as you. I was yeah. Really, really good stuff that I should be doing. And part of me was just getting pissed off that I wasn't doing it. And then yeah, I yeah. Off, yeah, exactly. that I wasn't doing that either. So I kind of just took a step back and started implementing rather than just reading about what I should be doing. That's exactly it. And once that clicks with you, like implementing it into your life and not just reading about it and letting it go, that was that was a big turning point for me. So um, in 2018, I decided to change coach to Joe Ryan. He is up in Mullingar and I'm still very close to my old coach. And the reason I had to change was because I was training with people a lot younger than me. Um, I mean, they were 14 and 15, you know, I was about 10 years older than them. And um, I just, I needed to be with people my own age, my own standard. Um, and she said, yeah, she said, I, th- I think that's, that's a really good idea. So we're still very close. Yeah. Um, and I had always said, if I was ever going to move a uh, coach in Ireland, that I would move to Joe. Um, because I just, I always trusted Joe. See, Joe would have been uh, like a team manager on a lot of internationals. And I always, yeah, I I always trusted his opinion. And one thing that stood out to me about Joe was no matter how good you were running or how bad you were running, especially if you were having an off season, Joe would not treat you any differently. Whereas it's quite common for people to, in running, if you're old news, they'll just look the other way when you walk past them. But if you had a good day or a crap day, Joe would come up to you and, and say, how was that? How, you know, how's training and stuff? So um, I just, that was one thing I really admired about him always was that he cared for you as a person um, over, over an athlete. You know, he always thought about a, a really good coach when, again, it comes back to that trust and, you know, having trust in someone, the pressure is kind of taken off that you don't have to impress all the time. Exactly. Yeah. And, and you know that they're looking out for you, yeah. you know. So that was the end of 2018. Uh, I decided to move to Joe. And um, in the start of, of 2019, I won my first national senior title. So that was a great, great start to the year. Uh, that was at the indoors in the 1500. And uh, you know, I, was 20, I turned 25 in January 2019 and I had run for Ireland at schools level, junior level, under 23 level, but never senior level. And I was like, God, like, when is this going to happen? Like, I'm 25, you know. And, and you get and then, it's, it's selection to get there, is it? It's uh, qualifying times time. and different competitions are different uh, criteria. But then... Um, in 2019 I ran for Ireland at senior level three times and I had never done it before so that 2019 was was also a nice year I ran in the European Games in Belarus and then the European Team Championships in Norway and then the European Cross-Country Championships in Portugal so also I think yeah so I think for me um from 2018 onwards was was definitely when I really got interested in 
kind of the mindset of things and began to realize that it, it really is uh, such an important factor in all sport in life but yeah. also in all sports um, and I just got really interested in it and I did a bit of work with Liam Morgan who he's the renowned sports psychologist and yeah. he really helped me also and one thing I, I tell people this like a lot that one thing he said to me that stood out um, he said the easiest hard work is physical mm-hmm. and I was like that is so true like um, athletes and stuff like we we'll all go out and do the physical training but when it comes to the mental training I think it's almost like a stubbornness that it's like oh I don't need to do that because you know I I train physically so hard and um you know I'm mentally strong but I think you really have to kind of buy into this and understand that no like your mental aspect does need training and it does need exercise um so I definitely think that was that was a big turning point in my running um and I'm delighted because you know not only does it benefit you in sport it benefits you in all aspects of life as well yeah that's what I would say about the mindset side of things a mindset is a mindset so whether you're it's for business school college training you use different words you know Mm -hmm. just for school and running for example one's a race the other's the leaving cert you know or Mm -hmm. one's the Olympics one's the leaving cert you're aiming for something so if you get your mindset right for sport, it will just have an effect on your whole life. Yeah, yeah, big time. Nice bits. Like I remember when I first started getting into it and I train a lot by myself in Limerick and sometimes I'd be just pulling into UL and I would be like, oh my God, again, you know, I just, just not feeling, feeling yeah. it like that day. And I started thinking like, okay, Amy, you're so lucky to just be able to come out here and train and you know just even to be able to run in general there's Mm -hmm. people that are injured there's people that are not physically able to run Mm -hmm. and that was something I started saying to myself every single day and as the more I the more I started saying it the more appreciative I became of just simply going out training and I think that in itself shifted my mindset to a more positive one and, and then it was almost like um, you were kind of looking for things to become more appreciative of um, because I had adapted that sort of a mo- yeah. mindset. So then all of a sudden I was becoming appreciative of small things like a nice cup of tea, you mm-hmm. know? So it, it was, I mean, I was just like, wow, this is actually so interesting um, how much my mindset is growing, you know? Um, I think you just become more mindful of everything around you, you know? when you start to think like that, you notice at so much more. And yeah. you notice yeah. the little things you, that you took for granted for years, just like, as you said, a good cup of tea, like you take for granted for so long. And then when you get them and you realize that they're there, it's as good as getting some big massive gesture. Yeah, I agree. that, And that's, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there. Like, that's it. Like we, the taking for granted thing. And mm-hmm. I did realize then I was like, oh my God, like I take so much for I would have taken so much for granted like you know even little things um so I think then once I started to become more appreciative and as you said like more mindful that was definitely uh, a turning point and even uh, I found that like things like that helped uh, my belief helped improve like my belief in going into races you know mm. like because after an injury you definitely start to doubt yourself and question yourself um 
and that's something that takes years to rebuild. Um, and I know other runners, like some runners I'd be good friends with that have, have gone through the same thing. And I explained to them, like, you know, it, they, I feel like there's an age in sport, maybe like 20, 21, and you start to get injured and life starts to happen. And it, it can get really demotivating. But if you can just kind of dig deep in those years and just hang on and get through it, um, then I think you'll flourish, you know, as you really progress into a senior athlete. Um, but it does get hard. I think that's the hard part, even in any sport. When you're going from a junior to a senior, and, mm-hmm. and you can see it so much in, in a lot of sports, you know, the fall-off rate of people that might have been very naturally talented underage, and then they try to make this big progression into the senior ranks, and all of a sudden, it's just not their talent that's getting them there. You know, their talent yeah. isn't just enough. It's That's when the really hard work kicks in. I think... The, that's where the mindset stuff can really come in at that age to try and help athletes to understand that, first of all, be kind to yourself. Give yourself a little bit of leeway. You're taking a bigger step up so every race can't be as good as when you're racing people maybe your own age. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like um, in summer 2019, I had only raced once um, and I didn't go too well. I remember it was just a small race and... Um, this is in my own event now, the 1500. Mm-hmm. And I went over to England to run in a, a it's called a BMC. So it's a, basically a paced race. So you're seeded into, um, you know, a category that would suit your time. Okay. So uh, I would have been in the A race and I would have been against some, some good, strong girls. And I knew it was definitely the chance. If I was going to run fast, it, it was the chance to do it was at this race. And I, I just always remember this race because uh, of like, I'll just show you how a shift in mindset can during the race, like mm-hmm. can make such a difference. So uh, I started, so 1500 is three and three quarter laps. So we started off and the pacemaker was two seconds behind. So first thing that comes into my head, I was like, oh, great. I've come to England and we're two seconds behind and the first lap you know it's not going to happen yeah so i was at, I was at the back I, I couldn't kind of get into my i couldn't find a space i was in the i was on the outside of lane one which is where you don't really want to be almost okay. in lane two so then i was like normally now i in previous years i'd have thrown in the towel by then and been like okay so it's not going to happen so we got around to the second lap and she had picked it up and we were nearly back on target and I was like, still, still towards the back. But I was like, okay, like, just don't panic because that's a big thing in middle distance running. It's so easy to panic in the middle yeah. of a race. Um, so then we came around to the third lap. I was still hanging in there. I was still in kind of the group. And I started picking off runners one by one. And I was like, okay. And then I was kind of moving up and up. So I was, would have gone from ninth to eighth to seventh to, to sixth. And then all of a sudden it came to 200 meters to go and something just clicked with me. And I was like, you can win this. And so there was three of us left, 100 meters to go. And I, I, there, a gap opened on the inside and I flew up the inside and I won and I ran a PB. And I was like del- so delighted. But it just goes to show you like... Yeah, like the the mix of thoughts that were going on in my head during that race. But after that race, I remember being like, okay, you can do this now. Like, and this is, you know, these are the people you should be beating all the time. And, you know, if you, if I had adopted a more 
positive mindset from the yeah. start instead of being like oh god after the first lap you know that was just it was a, it was definitely another turning point for me was you know if if something is isn't going right at the start of whether that's a game or a race you know you have to hang in there and you have to actually dig deep because you just you know you don't know how it's going to pan out like yeah. for me after that first lap I thought I was coming last in that race and then I won it you know and I think so, a lot of people talk about in sport about luck but the thing about luck is you have to put yourself in a position to get lucky exactly so, like, yeah you, you could have easily said well this isn't going to happen luck where I'm stuck what's the point and just took the mindset off well look I got a bad draw the luck went against me so I'm just going to just finish out this race and get hope yeah you know, you yeah. put yourself in that position to be able to win it. So I just think that, as you say, whether it's a game, whether it's running, whether it's any sport, if you put yourself in these positions, you never know what can happen. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Like, because that was exactly it for me. I was thinking after that race, I was like, you know, that could have gone two ways. I could have threw in the towel and said, mm -hmm. no, not happening. But I didn't. I just hung, hung on, dug deep going into the last lap and you know, it started working out for me. And then, then, then I was like, oh, <laughs> I can win. <laughs> and I then I, yeah, exactly. Um, but that was just a big, it was definitely a lesson, you know, a big lesson for me to, to not, you know, after a lap, nothing is determined after one lap of a race and yeah. not to ever think like that, you know. And it's the same, I'm sure, for a match or, you know, anything can happen anything. in the last five minutes of a match or in the last 30 seconds of a race. So, um. Yeah, that was definitely a big one for me. I think the one thing about running too is, and just when you said it there, because when I run, I'd be usually thinking about how out of breath I am, but for the yeah. likes of you, <laughs> that can have all these thoughts and emotions going on in the middle of a race. It must be yeah. very hard to control that at times. It is, and I honestly, I'm a huge believer in, like, if you're, there's a turning point in every middle distance race, and it's kind of mid-race and it's getting hard and you know that it's going to be hard for another 500 600 meters and you have a split second during the race where you can either push through the pain or you can say no it's not going to happen today and it's in those turning points that you have either have your really good race or or your bad race you know yeah. But so, and sometimes you have a bad race. Sometimes the body just isn't up to it. I mean, I've I've come away from races before and been like, oh, dear Lord, what just happened? And there's no explanation. Yeah. Um, but a lot of the time, you know, you have to, when you look back, you think, oh, my God, I could have done more. Or I didn't push myself hard enough. You know, I could have pushed myself more. Um, and then when you do have the really good ones, it's because you did take that chance and you kind of didn't let fear overpower you, which it's a big thing as well. Like it's, it's, a, it's scary, like, you know, pushing yourself out of that comfort zone and pushing yourself kind of into the new pain territory. But and trusting that Ex yeah. you have it in, you, you are able to do it because nobody wants to take a big burst and then end up seeing everybody go by you again. <laughs> so it's about timing as well. But that, having that trust in yourself that, no, I can take it from here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But the thing is, with that trust, like what I've learned over the years is it takes years to build. Yeah. And then with something like an injury, it will be completely torn away from you. And then you have to start all over again. And then you have to rebuild it all over again. So, you know, it's tough work. Like, and 
it's it's an ongoing thing it's something that you have to practice daily like that's just one huge thing that i've taken from the mindset part of things Mm -hmm. is it really is a daily thing it's not something that you can just touch on one day and then leave it go for a few weeks and then come back to it and say oh yeah i was doing this actually it's something that has to be become a habit and and it's a choice because i know some people don't buy into the whole positive mindset and and you know what, like I, I myself would have kind of rolled my eyes at it um, at people like, you know, sharing quotes all the time and I'd have been like, oh, you know, not really buying into it. But it's that choice. You, you have to make the choice yourself or like normally or not normally, but sometimes it can be like a significant event that happens mm-hmm. in your life, like uh, an injury or a breakup or something that yeah. really causes you to kind of like dig deeper into yourself you know that's definitely without getting too deep here now but no, like but it really I, yeah I'm just listening cause <laughs> I, I think you're dead right and I think also sometimes when people think of mindset and mindfulness and all this stuff that's what they think they think of these kind of sometimes fluffy quotes but yes, when you get exactly. down into it it's the practical side that I really think is, is important like even evaluating yourself understanding yeah, yeah. where you want to go being clear on what you want out of your sport, your career, your life. And it's just being more mindful of what you're doing rather than it's not just having, like people, people say to me, like, oh, that's not very positive. And I'm like, well, I'm not positive all of the time. You know, yeah. like, I'm not going around singing all these quotes in my head every day. <laughs> I, I'm normal. I'm just like everybody else. But I'm a big believer in having a mindset to understand and evaluate yourself and your performances to get yeah. more out of it. Yeah, I know. I totally agree. Like, have you ever read the book, The Power of Now? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like that That was one thing for me that I, like, I loved that book. Did, did you like it? Yeah, yeah. 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 I think, um, but I just, yeah. I just think that even The Power of Now, it's something that people take for granted. That they're all, everybody, including myself, we're always waiting for the next book. Just like we, did, we, we were waiting to read the next book before we got mm-hmm. started. Yes, yeah, no, I agree. But I, I definitely... What I took from the power of now is that, you know, we actually genuinely, most of us are either living in the past, like Mm -hmm. thinking about the past or thinking about something in the future rather than just focusing on something that's happening right now. Like when all your worries and your problems, you know, they're actually like not real things. And that the thoughts that we think, that was another thing I took from it, like, the thoughts that we think they also are not real and you don't have to believe them you know like you can just let them float by um and not actually like pay attention to them and even with running especially you know that was one thing that when I started doing that so you know I would be like oh my god like have you prepared as much as her or like say after an injury like I would have been like okay well she's running better than me now but before I was injured I'd have beaten her um that was a big issue for me going into racing whereas I would be flying it in training and I'd be like great I'm gonna run well I'm gonna hit back my hit back to my best form and then I'd get to the race and I would have myself beaten before I even stood on the start line because I would have all these thoughts and when I started being like okay Amy calm down stop thinking like this don't just you know you don't have to believe all of these doubts Mm -hmm. and when I started understanding that like you know, you know, that whole chimp brain and that, you know, with that chatter, like that, it's just all like noises. Yeah. Yeah. Noises chatter. And that if you're able to, to quieten that and like 
say okay I'm going to believe in myself and I'm really going to believe in myself like yeah. you know and you almost have to fake it till you make it for a while because it will feel strange but mm-hmm. once you once you kind of start doing it and practicing it more and more then it's it becomes believable and then all of a sudden you know you're you're hitting your goals and you are running the pbs and 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 it's actually from all that hard work you've been doing and and all the like you know belief stuff that's definitely um, definitely what i find like one thing that i started doing because i did have a lot of negative thoughts going into races when i wasn't running well is i started if i had a negative thought i would replace it with three positive ones and that is one thing that I really think changed my mindset a lot going into races it's hard to do that and it's effort but it's something I think we need to call ourselves on our own bullshit because like we we tell ourselves an awful amount of shite (laughs) we we just bully ourselves into thinking like you said before a race you're just standing there and it's like someone bullying you saying all this stuff and I love to quote comparison as the teeth of joy you can go into a race you know, ready for it. Then you look across and go, oh God, they must be training way harder than me. I mustn't have done enough. They're in way better shape. And yeah. you just fill your own mind with this nonsense instead of taking a second to actually test it. Well, hold on a minute. Did I do enough? Yes. I done the training to the best of my ability. I've left no stone untorn preparing for this race. I, you know, got my nutrition right before the race. I'm on point to where I want to be. And, you know, yeah. realizing what you've done rather than just, as you said, letting the chatter go on of pure nonsense in your head. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I would be the kind of athlete where, um, say, if I was going to England for a race, I would do my homework on the start list. I would mm. know every girl's times, what their PBs are, so like their personal best, yeah. what they've run this season. Same in Ireland, actually. Like, I'd know all my competitors' times. Yeah. I'd know their race tactics. So, you know, then I'd be going to the start line and I'd be worrying. That was what, and I remember like coaches and people used to say, Amy, because I'd get to a race and I'd be like, oh, she's here, she's here, she's here, she's here, she's here. Oh, she's definitely running well. And like people were like, will you worry? Will you just ever worry about yourself? And I was like, okay, I'm sorry. And then I'd be like, actually, yeah, I can't control what those girls are going to do today, but I can only control how I'm going to perform. That was a big thing as well. I did. I didn't actually realize how much I did it until people were like, "Stop! You can't control how they're going to run today." (laughs) And I was like, "Oh yeah, that's true." (laughs) Um, Your pages upon pages down beside your runners. Yeah. To win the race. Yeah, but it is like, and it's. I mean, I'm definitely no expert now, but and I'm I'm always learning. And Mm -hmm. um, like one person that I really admire on social media is, do you know Sinead Hegarty? no she's a kind of like a blogger but she she's really into mindset and kind of human behavior mm-hmm. and um one thing that she said um when i started following her was she spoke about um you do have in it, most situations you know you have two choices you can either wallow and, and mm-hmm. feel bad for yourself or you can say okay this happened what can i learn from it what can i do to prevent this from happening in the future so i really like try to apply that to running and training and life as well yeah um, so. see i think when, when, we, when i talk about mindset like just the stuff that you're off the top like the self-talk and the comparison and how you prepare and just getting yourself like all of this stuff is just when you it's kind of like when you realize it you're kind of like how does everybody not do this or how does everybody you know not yeah. implement this in some way 
but you have to be at a certain point, I think, to take it all on board. And everybody gets to that point at different stages. I but agree. When it yeah. hits, you really start noticing stuff more. You notice your thoughts more. You notice the way you look at things. You look at situations. I think it just, over time, as you said, like I'm by no means an expert. I don't think anybody is now. <laughs> yeah. It's just yeah. so much stuff. But I think even the baseline of this stuff it all makes sense and it all makes stuff that little bit easier. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And you're right, you're so right. Like, um, it is normally like a significant thing mm-hmm. uh, to happen in your life, whether that be, I don't know, like an injury or uh, losing a job or a breakup or mm-hmm. something really upsetting and kind of life changing mm-hmm. um, that makes you start to question everything and. Yeah every you know everyone and what you've known and your belief but and it is it's gas because it normally is like something that you would have rolled your eyes about previously then you're like oh now I understand this and now I'm I get why people think this way and but as you said it it happens you you can't you can't tell someone no that's the big thing yeah it is it really is like no matter how much you want to try and explain to someone this is why I think like this (laughs) like it has to come from them and they won't understand until they're in a position to want to grow like i've been that person no Mm -hmm. this is it this is you have to do this it's i'm telling you it'll make everything better but then like you you have to be in a position to take that on board nobody can tell you this stuff it has to be Uh, yeah i agree and the switch moment where you're like okay, no, that, that one little bit that kind of started off makes sense. Maybe I'll re- look into it or I'll pick up a book. or And it just, you know, as a person, you have to be ready to accept all this instead of someone trying to ram it down your throat saying, no, this is the way to do everything. Mm-hmm, I agree. And normally it is like, I've had this conversation with people because, you know, they're like questioning, like, oh, well, like how, why you think this way now and you've mm-hmm. gotten so, so much more positive and, because I definitely would say I have become a much more positive person in the last year or so. And, and, but that's because I took it upon myself to, to grow and improve and uh, improve my mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas explaining it to someone is like talking to the wall. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're, they're not going to get it. And, um, you know, like, as you said, you know, it, it does take everyone um, different times of their life and, uh, different moments maybe but I think once it happens it's, it's it's really cool like to improve your mindset and mm-hmm. to want to like constantly learn about about you know becoming more positive and implementing it into your life and but it definitely like overall it improves your your whole outlook on life even after all of this I'm sure it will be a huge turning point like this global pandemic yeah where, you know yeah. I definitely think that everyone is going to become a lot more appreciative of, of everything, everything between relationships and just getting to go outside the door. <laughs> <laughs> we de- we definitely were so delighted to walk, to walk instead of yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or just go for a bit of food, like oh my god. Yeah, I like I'm a, a big kind of launcher. I love going out for a I just can't wait yeah. to get back in the coffee shop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, another thing actually that I definitely started doing in the last year is like, you know, following more positive kind of and inspirational people on social media. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And 
watching it uh, every day on your newsfeed also kind of helps with that positive mindset uh, because before that you know you're not really being you're not seeing it but when it's mm-hmm. on your newsfeed on your homepage every day and you're reading you know whether that's quotes or they start to click with you more and more um, or listening to people who who talk about um mindset and stuff when you listen to it more and more i think that it helps you understand more and more so if people if there are people listening that are only kind of at the tipping point of this and only beginning to because a point does come where you start to pay attention to it a little more and then you're like oh okay that's actually quite interesting um definitely follow people whether that's mindset pages positive pages mm-hmm. like Sinead Hegarty because she for she for me had a huge influence on me uh, and she's I just found her really easy to listen to and um she's real really authentic you know she spoke about her own personal experience and you could tell like that she was being serious and yeah like yeah. she had gone through this which led her to think like that so yeah definitely I think following um people on on Instagram that are, are positive and pages that have put out positive messages. Yeah. You know, that's a, people, you know, give off by social media and, you know, when you're scrolling, but the difference between scrolling through social media in the morning, if you follow the right people, is totally mm-hmm. different than if you're following the wrong type of people. Cause if you're following, you know, people that are putting out good messages, it automatically clicks your brain in first thing in the morning to be like, Oh well, that makes sense. Or someone's talking about gratitude, or someone's talking about being positive, or someone's talking about the impact you can have on people. It's in your mind first thing in the morning, so you're more aware of it for the rest of the day. So I think that can be another benefit to following people that really benefit you and your mindset. Yeah, no, I agree. And even like that is one thing. When you wake up and you start scrolling through your phone, mm-hmm. when you if you see one thing that pisses you off, that's it. Like you're you're getting up yeah. and you're in a bad mood, and and you're thinking about after the day. But if you get up and you scroll and you read something like positive then you're like okay this is a nice start to the day now I'll, I'll go about my business and it really does make a difference yeah you know? as we said it doesn't have to be quotes like as you said Sinead she talks about different aspects of stuff or someone else mm-hmm. can talk about you know different scenarios so it's not just a case of getting up and go, oh I'm going to be positive today because I read a really good quote it's yeah. you know filling it with tangible stuff that makes sense to you within your life not just kind of stuff that doesn't resonate with you yeah exactly and it is having the mindset like I think well okay I can get up or I can either you know moan and groan all day <laughs> about oh this I have to do that I have to do this or yeah. you can say do you know what no I'm going to make the most of this and I'm going to have a great day uh, and that's it and just that little kind of switch in your vocabulary mm-hmm. I think makes all the difference and I think Definitely. that's very important now because I think we all have to make that choice now more in the mornings that it is getting harder and this pandemic is going on a little bit longer of how we choose to fill our time and what we do with it and how it's because it's very easy now to lie on all morning and just get up and feel sorry for yourself about everything <laughs> that's going on you know yeah, like, yeah. and I'm not saying get up at six o'clock in the morning and start skipping down the road singing but like just try and pick out a couple of good things that you can do today that you're off that you probably couldn't have done when you were working you know like yeah stuff like i find walking like it's not something that would have done too often but like walking now to me just kind of ground yourself back into just peaceful times yeah i know i agree and that's gas that you say that because 
myself and my mom have been going for walks and you know the weather is actually of course lovely yeah. <laughs> lovely when, when we're all stuck inside and it is it's lovely like and it's something that you know we wouldn't have done much before mm-hmm. but now when you're confined to going for walks every day it actually is like it's it's it is a really nice way to, to spend and even time. getting that time with your mother or with your partner yeah. or whoever yeah. like we don't take that time so that time now is probably time if this didn't happen that you might never have got yeah yeah exactly and another thing on social media i notice at the moment is it's like everywhere you look it's like home workout or baking and it's like i i think for a lot of people that is very overwhelming like i see on twitter people are like okay i don't want to learn greek today or like stop (laughs) making me feel guilty for for not like you know learning a new language or doing something and i do get that as well but i think that as long as you don't kind of fall into that every day like, you know, and no one's asking you to, to go and, you know, start a, a project or, but just mm-hmm. make sure and keep active and, you know, whether that's going out for your walk and also keeping your mind active. So like yeah. writing, writing a journal or writing down positive things. Like, I think that is very important because as you said, it's so easy to, you know, get up and be like, oh, another day of this yeah. then, the same thing and it's hard like it is really hard to be like okay I, like sometimes I would find myself sitting I'll be like okay I'll sit down now and I'll go on my phone for five minutes and then an hour later I'm in the same position yeah. haven't moved and I'm like oh, okay I need to get up like and that's so easy to do because yeah. you know we have the whole day to do it but um I think as long as you just don't fall into doing that every day um, read a book you know yeah. and, I think that point you said we've I think the fact that we've all day to do stuff we kind of put stuff off and put stuff off and then yeah. at the evening time we're like oh, I've actually done nothing that I was supposed yeah. to all day to do it I think it's about being at this stage and at this time like allowing yourself to have the negative thoughts of like this is shit and get yeah. it all down yeah it is <laughs> write it all down if you want and fucking I don't know, scream at the pillow or scream at, not to scream at someone, but like let it in and then get it out on paper, whatever it is, and then go on. You don't have to try and block it out and pretend that you're happy about everything. I think some people think when they yes. think positivity, they think you just are positive it and you, you have to disregard any sort of negative feelings or emotions when yeah. it's more important to let them in, deal with them and then get them out rather than just trying to put up a block wall against everything because eventually they'll come and they'll hit you like a ton of bricks if you try and put them off yeah i agree like and, and you know what i used to think that about positive real positive people i used to be like like do these people just not have any negative thoughts yeah. but then i learned it's they still think the same they yeah. are just like from for me like i still think the same but now i'm uh, way more equipped to deal with the yeah. negative thoughts and that's the big thing is once you become equipped to know like okay I don't have to pay attention to these. I can just let them float along and not give these negative thoughts attention. That's how you become a more positive person. Yeah, yeah. You know, you don't, you don't, as you said, you don't start singing from the trees every day. <laughs> and like, you know, you, you're, you're not positive. All, that's just not like unattainable. It's, you know, you're not going to attain um, being positive like 24 yeah. seven. No one is. It's yeah. just being equipped to deal with the negative thoughts more. I'm just going to finish it up for a minute, Amy, because this is probably one of the longest podcasts I've done and <laughs> I could go on for way yeah. long. But um, for people that are kind of athletes listening to this, 
have you any advice for them in the current climate where it is hard to get training it is hard to i suppose get your mindset on track have you just any simple tips that they can use in in these coming times to be able to adapt and overcome yeah i mean you know the first thing i think that you have to realize is it is hard you know don't don't become a grump because you know you think oh well i have it harder than everyone else no we all are finding this hard and once you know that uh, everyone is in the same boat you know that's the first thing is just to accept that and what i would say is to remember and like again i don't want to be spewing the, the positivity but when you say today instead of getting up and saying oh i have to go training today say i get to go training mm. you know, i get to go out we're still very lucky like that we get to go outside yeah. and if you you know if you're confined to you know the road or you know your house even break it up if you had something to do um that was an hour if you're able to break it into two half an hours to make it easier that's good. um yeah that's de- even i like i have to do that now for if i'm running um seven miles i'm confined to a tiny soccer pitch so i'll split it up because mm-hmm. i would go insane <laughs> if i had you know um yeah. and, and it's it's it really helps so split things up if you are in a position to do that and stay in contact with your friends and your family that's one thing it's so easy you know you might just if you're you might cut yourself off and not even know because you know we're not seeing people yeah. So make sure and talk to your family and friends still on, you know, FaceTime or um, like actually spend time to to video them because um, it'll cheer you up, you know, getting to see if it's your grandparents or mm-hmm. your friends. That will put you in a much better mood. And, and don't be don't be too hard on yourself. You know, yeah. don't be beat. If, if if you were supposed to train yeah, someday and you didn't move on to the next day, you know, don't be beating yourself up because this is a time where that none of us are used to, you know, and we're all trying to adapt and it's really, really hard. So just let it go. Be nice to yourself. And the next day, start again. Good advice. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think, and I think you can get so caught up on, I should be doing this now. Now I've loads of time, but as you said, it's not normal times. It's not a normal Exactly. So be kind to yourself and give yourself that little bit of, room for okay i'm not perfect these situations <laughs> yeah. are not perfect so yeah to allow yourself to be unperfect imperfect whatever yeah way yeah exactly you just allow your you know just be nice uh, like you know that it's really like just being nicer to yourself and yeah. be sound to yourself point. yeah and treat yourself and you know know that you know it's not i think that's another thing, like we don't know how long this is going to last so every day it's just like such uncertainty yeah but just you know it Every, every day is a step closer to normality try and think of it like that you know every day is one step closer to getting back to normal and um getting to to live you know how, how we'd like to <laughs> so um yeah i would i would say just do what you can you know mm-hmm. don't you can't train normally that yeah. you know we none of us can so nobody what, is yeah literally no one you know everyone is is confined or you know within that two kilometer radius or social distancing mm-hmm. or you know for a gym like you know just you know we, you, we can't go to the gym now so we have to improvise and yeah you know the reality is we're we are all going to lose fitness or yeah um but you know it's fine because everyone else is as well you know eventually we'll, when we come out the other side we'll We'll, we'll go again 
and I'd appreciate it all a bit more maybe exactly appreciate it all a lot more <laughs> Amy so. thank you so much for coming on and giving oh, up you. a lot of your time you're, you're fine thank oh, you so much chat. for having me it's great chat Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the podcast. If you want to find out more information about my Mindset for Performance programs, where I help you take your performance to the next level by working with you to put a plan in place. We look at goal setting, identifying key milestones and targets, obstacles that may occur, accountability, and overall help you build your confidence. Head over to my Instagram page at Killian Brady or KB underscore performance underscore coaching for more information. Until next time, keep moving forward.